This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, earlier time than normal. Um, if you're someone watching this on Facebook or Twitter or whatnot, uh, something you can keep in mind, this is actually normally just a podcast. So whatever pl- podcast platform you listen to, go in, search Jackets Debrief and you can find us and all our back catalog of stuff there. A little bit of a different show this week. Um, my family, we all delayed our, our Easter celebration a week since everybody was getting vaccinated at different times and stuff. So this way it's easier for everybody just to get together and and not have to worry about masks and outside and all that stuff with the with the vaccinations and all that. So good times. All right. Um, I'm excited for this week. I am super excited for tomorrow. Uh, I love trade deadline day, even if it's not a heavy one for me. It is. I I tell my family at this point. I'm like it is my own super nerdy person. You know, selfish holiday where I put myself in a room where all I've got is screens around me. And doing all that stuff, and I, I take the day off, and I just really enjoy it. I'm one of those guys. I don't know a lot of people around me because uh, I didn't grow up with hockey being a big sport in my life. I don't know a lot of people who just sit around and chat hockey. So the idea of just chatting hockey all day on Twitter with people, and then in the the uh, hockey podcast network Discord um, um, Slack channel, and then in our you know just just watching stuff. I love it. I love it. You know what else you can be excited for? You'll be excited to get some free some money with DraftKings there. There you go. Um, DraftKings, leader in one-day fantasy sports. It's given new free, new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Uh, you can play da- daily baseball, basketball, hockey, all that stuff. Pick your lineup, stand under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Um, if you missed out on starting season-long fantasy, that's fine. New season every day here on DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app. Use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, jumping into the show this week, folks. It's a big one. Um... I mean, the Blue Jackets, we all know the hope of playoffs is gone. They're seven points back of Nashville uh, by points percentage. They're seventh. They're just, things just aren't going well as far as the win column goes. Uh, according to the folks at Money Puck, the Blue Jackets have a 0.1% chance to, at uh, making the playoffs and an 8.2% chance at winning the draft lottery. So, I mean, that's where we are at this point in the season. Now, before I go, I, before we get going on this, I want to have a quick conversation uh, about what I thought was. uh, So I I subscribe to the Blue Jacks, like their podcast channel, where essentially Bobby Mack does his stuff every day and all that. And a lot of times I I just kind of look over it and I I tend to not listen to them as often because I'm, you know, I've got so many other things listening and reading and all that stuff. But he had a good conversation with John Tortorella. I would recommend you go listen to that. Uh, It was essentially it was his prior to the game yesterday. And Torts told, said some things that made a lot of sense, uh, just in terms of where this team is at. It was a nice peek behind the curtain, something that I think some of us wish would have happened a week earlier, but it's happened now, so I can live with that. Which is, Torts said, you know, normally the lineup card, I take care of the lineup card, but now I'm having conversations with Yarmo about the lineup card, um, which again is a 
admitting this season is going to a development perspective. It's going to a long-term organizational perspective. Uh, the Zach Wierenski going out for the year with the injury, apparently something he's been struggling with all year and he wanted to keep playing. Um, but apparently him and Torts had a meeting. And after that, there was a decision, you know, Zach decided he wanted to go ahead and get the surgery. I think there was that knowledge of if we're not really going for the playoffs, don't keep going out there and hurting yourself. You know, don't keep going out there and making things harder on yourself and playing through pain. Just let's get you ready. Let's get you into the off season. Let's get you ready for next season to come back. Um, something that I was very happy about was the discussion that um, Torres has said, essentially the four young guys are going to be playing at center the rest of the season. We're getting Domi, we're getting Texier, we're getting Roslovic. I think he said Stenland are going to be our four centers the rest of the way. And I'm really excited by that. I think that's a great... We, we talked about this. I, I mentioned it on... I, somebody said it on Twitter a couple of weeks back. I echoed it, I think, last week on the show. That That's where this team is. We're not making the playoffs this year. We're just not going to do it. And so to to say, you know what? Let's take some time. Let's give these guys ice time. Let's see where they're at in their development so that we can make good plans for them over the summer so that we can make good decisions about where we still maybe need to get pieces. Do we have... After this next span of 20 games, do we look at it and go, okay, we think Roslovic is a two. Uh, we think he can be a second line center. Or we think Texier can be a second line or a third line. Or we think Stenland. Maybe we think Stenland will be a second or a first line center. Who knows? You just you want to see these guys in those positions for full games, give them the chance to get comfortable in those positions and see what happens. And that's what we're doing. And I'm very excited about it. So last night we played the Blackhawks. We lose. Um, it's actually a game the Blue Jackets outplayed the Blackhawks in uh, at five on five scoring venue adjusted. They had the majority of shot share at 53% in the expected goals column. The Blue Jackets had 56.01% of the expected goals for at five on uh, five on five. And the Blue Jackets just, just played a, a more solid game. Uh, you look at the heat maps on it. The Blue Jackets had a lot of shots right around the goaltender, right in right where they should have been. They played well. Um, honestly, from a perspective of someone who wants to see this team kind of develop and be better in the next season, it was almost the perfect kind of game that I kind of hope we keep seeing the rest of the season where the young guys play well. The result, you know what? I just don't, I, it didn't bother me much. I mean, you want the team to win. You want the guy, this is what I, where I'm at, folks. So I am a strong believer that culture matters. I am a strong believer that you can't just tank. I don't think you should ever tank. But this isn't tanking. What's going on is, we have young guys. We need to see what they can do. We know the playoffs are out of reach, so let's play them and see what they can do. If they win games, great. If they don't, that's fine. That's not really the point. Now, is there some part of me that goes, you know, oh, if you lose, maybe you get a better draft pick? Yeah, kind of. But at the same time, I don't want anyone in the room thinking that. You don't want anyone. You don't want that entering into their minds because you don't want that mindset to ever set in that losing is an acceptable outcome of a game. You just don't want that to happen. And that's why even though the Blue Jackets challenged the goal and it got reversed and different things, you want everybody out there to have it in their minds. They are trying to win that game. And this is what I really like. So I'm looking at the individ- at the, the Blue Jackets on-ice stats. So Seth Jones, first of all, had a really good game, which I'm happy to see. As far as the young centers, Texier had a great game. Great shot share when he was on the ice. Roslovic, great, great job. Great shot share when they were on the ice. 
when it came to uh, expected goals for percentages. Um, here we go. Uh, we had Texier, great. 64% of the expected goals for when he was on the ice were for the Blue Jackets. Roslovic, 64%. Uh, now, granted, these aren't the greatest... Uh, granted, Chicago is not a great team when it comes to suppressing shot shares, but that's fine. I, I don't. It, we're we're playing well with who's on the ice right now, and that's what you want to see. You want to see how these guys hold up in these games, in these situations. So I was super excited to see that, um, and, and that's what the rest of the season is going to be: seeing where these guys can go. Get guys like Gabriel Carlson out on the ice. Give Gavrikov out on the ice. See what happens there. Um, we finally saw line A score, which was great. I, I feel there's something that's got to be figured out about Patrick Line. Um, because Line A, when it comes to shot share and expected goals for percentages, is just getting caved in and has been most of the season. And the problem is whoever you put him on the line with, they get dragged down. And and I think I think Jody Shelley probably had the best, just simple explanation for what the problem with Patrick Line right is, is right now. A few games back. He said, whenever he gets the puck, the play just kind of dies. And he's not wrong. When you watch Patrick Line, he gets the puck, with the exception of a couple of awesome times where he's kind of seemed to work his way through the defense and get a quick little shot. It seems like nine out of 10 times, if he gets the puck, he will either try and make a move and it gets stolen, or he will throw a bad pass. And it's weird because Patrick Line is a really good passer. When he first got here, we saw him throw amazing passes across the ice. So him not being able to do that, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's any, I mean, some of this stuff was there in Winnipeg where he wasn't great at creating shot shares. Um, he wasn't great at making sure his team had more scoring chances when he was on the ice. Uh, and, and he could, he can get away with that to an extent. At least he could much more easier before in, in Winnipeg because his shooting was so, is so good. He could just get away from it because he, he'd score, even though the expected goals for he'd be under 50% because he could shoot so well, they'd score two and have one score against when he was on the ice and he'd be fine. Um, but you got to figure that out. You got to figure out if it's him, you got to figure out if there's something you can do in the system to make things work better for him. It's going to be an interesting discussion in the off season. There's a lot to be figured out about Patrick line. So it's going to be a weird one. Cause when you look at other players on this list who had poorer games in the forward side, you see Max Domi and Oliver Bjorkstrand Bjorkstrand, does not normally get bad games like that, but he's been, he's paired with line a a lot and line is just, we got to figure line a out. We, we just got to, you got to figure this out. Um, so that's, that's where we're at here. That is where we are currently at. All right. Uh, so I'm going to do a, a brief word from our friends, the hockey podcast network, and then we're going to start talking some trades folks. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. 
If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. One thing I didn't mention um, about how the rest of the season is playing out uh, is the status of one Mr. Liam Foody. Uh, something that I, you know, they've sent him down the, to Cleveland, and uh, the way towards put it is he's just not ready. Yeah, I can understand the decision of, you know what, if you don't think he's going to be a regular in the Blue Jackets lineup, let him play every game. Down. Let him just start playing in, in Cleveland. Let him finish up a season just playing consistent hockey, working on his game. He scored last night, uh, scored Saturday night for him, so that's good. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm, I don't mind where we're at as far as just saying, you know what, we're just going to accept where we are and move forward on this. Um, I think it's probably the right thing to do as far as where the team's at at this point. All right. Uh, so where are we at going into the trade deadline? Well, we've got two trades that have already happened uh, involving the Blue Jackets uh, on the 9th. Uh, we had Riley Nash traded for a conditional seventh round pick to Toronto. The condition is it becomes a sixth if Nash appears in 20% of Leafs 2020-21 playoff games. Well done, Yarmo. You got something for a player that may not even play. Good work. Uh, if he does heal up in time, as they're saying he would, I can definitely see the condition being met. Uh, the thing is, the condition is low enough. It's not like it goes from being like a fourth to a first or something crazy. So it's low enough that at no point, not, I mean, if you're in the playoffs, you're not going to sit there and go, oh, well, we need to keep him out because what if we have to give up that sixth? You're not going to worry about that. Um, especially Toronto. They're, Toronto is right in that window where they, if they want to win, they want to win now. So it was a, it was a, a move that I think the Blue Jackets are, I was very happy with them getting something for him. And the the condition is very doable in my mind. It's a very doable condition. Uh, Because, I mean, think about it. 25%. If Riley Nash, if the the first series they play goes seven games and Riley Nash plays two minutes in all of those, the condition's met. Um, Because 25% is not a big number. Uh, I mean, unless he just shows up and he's just not healthy. I mean, that's the only reason that that wouldn't go through. So I'm... I, I think it was a good move. Good work to get something. All right. And then the big one yesterday on Saturday, the blue, essentially how it works is the blue jackets required Tampa's 21, uh, first round pick and third round, the first round pick in 2021 and their third round pick in 2022. The red wings, uh, got a 2021 fourth round pick from Tampa and Tampa got David Savard and Brian Lashoff. Who's just, who's an AHL player. Who's apparently just going to stay in grand rapids, uh, on loan and just kind of keep his spot. Apparently that was something to make the salary work. Uh, here's the thing. Because of all the salary retained, Tampa is only paying, as far as against the cap, David Savard is only counting one point, a little over a million dollars against their cap. This is smart. This was a great trade. 
because there was a lot of talk about could you still get a first in this market? Because here's the funny thing. Coming into the last few days, everything we've heard is, oh, it's a buyer's market. It's a buyer's market. The prices aren't going to be what they should be or they won't be as high as we thought. And then I think that all got blown out of the water last week when the Devils and the Islanders made that deal. Islanders got Palmieri and Zajac. Uh, the Devils got a couple of AHL guys. And then a twenty, and then a first round pick, and a fourth in twenty twenty two, which is a conditional. It can upgrade to a third based on uh, if the Islanders advance to the Stanley Cup final. So, in other words, the Blue Jackets got more for David Savard than the Devils got for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Sajak. That that's that's where, how good this trade worked out for the Columbus Blue Jackets. You got a first, you got a third. Now, some people are like, "Oh, but you want that." I'm going to address something else on a little tangent here. When the Blue Jackets healthy scratch Savard um, before they played Tampa, a lot of people were doing this thing where when Tampa got that lead early and then won the game, they're like, "Oh, I bet you miss Savard now, guys." Savard's not getting re- was not getting re-signed at the end of the year. We weren't making the playoffs, and it's not like we won a bunch of games when Savard was in the lineup. We've been bad all year. So taking advantage and getting the most assets you can for the future of this team is the smart move. That's the right thing to do at this point. And Yarmo did magic. Essentially, he got a first for Savard. And I think the third is essentially because he kept half his salary. It was smart. It was very smart trading. And the Blue Jackets are set up so well for the rest of this this season here because or for the rest of this trade uh, period here. Because when you look at it, the Columbus Blue Jackets, we've still got a Nick Foligno that we're looking at moving. And we've got roughly $8 million in cap space we can use to make trades happen for people. And I still think we have three decent assets that may get moved in the next 24 hours here. 24 to to 27 hours or so, roughly, depending on when I'm recording now. See, that's something. When you're listening to this show right now, if you're listening to it and the trade deadline's already occurred, eh, a lot of it's going to not work out for you. But I think we're moving in the right direction. What I'm interested in seeing is at the end of tomorrow, uh, is Nick Foligno still on this team? Is Michael Del Zotto still on this team? And is one of the two goalies moved? Because here's the thing. I can see Felino moving. Uh, Elliot Friedman reported that he thinks the Blue, that uh, the Blue Jacks apparently think they can get a first, and apparently Minnesota's big on that. I'd love to see, if again, if Felino goes to Minnesota, that's the team I'm rooting for in the playoffs. That you have the Felino brothers together and Kirill Kiprasov uh, watching that, that'll be just a lot of fun. I really hope, I, part of me kind of hopes that's what happens if we go in that direction. Um, but, I mean, I, I what I want to have, so I, I honestly think the Blue Jackets could walk out of this weekend walk out at the end of Monday, having acquired the first and the third and the seventh that they've already got. Another first for Felino, Probably something like a, a fourth or a fifth for Del Zotto. And I don't think you're getting a first for a goalie. You probably ended up like a second or a third maybe, but maybe you can get a prospect with that. But again, the thing with if you were trading somebody like Elvis is, and, and I'll be honest with you, if they trade one of the two, they're going to get a better price for Elvis. And if they do that, I'm fine with it because I think the future goalie of this franchise is Daniel Tarasov, uh, who's playing well in Cleveland right now. Um, that's who I would go with. Or that's, what, that's why I could see them trading uh, Elvis because when you trade Elvis, you're getting more money off your cap. 
Maybe they retain a little on Elvis. I, I wouldn't be too too afraid of that. Um, you're getting the money off your cap. You're trading the player that most people say there's a higher upside, and I don't think they're wrong, but that means you're going to get more value if you trade him. And he is exempt from the expansion draft. So someone can trade for him and say, this isn't just a goalie for this year's playoff run. This is a goalie we get all next year too. So I think you're getting more than a rental. I mean, the Blue Jackets could literally walk out this weekend. If you play the cards right and the deals are out there, I mean, you could have three first-round picks, maybe up to four. Who knows? That'd be something else. And then from there, the conversations we can have, because the conversation that's been happening a lot this week is, or that I've started seeing pop up on Twitter, is people wanting to speak into existence, as we so as we say, uh, the Blue Jack is trading for one Jack Eichel. And here's the thing. If they've got three first-round picks in this year's draft, or if they get four, that's something they could make happen. Because we've got a little bit of prospect talent, and we'd have that many that many players, I think you could make it happen. I'd be very interested in what would happen there. Um, all right. Uh, one other thing I want to get on before, before we're done here. Again, it's kind of a weird show because, again, with the trade deadline tomorrow, by the time you guys listen to it, some of this stuff may be out. This definitely won't be out of date. I haven't talked about Bally Sports Ohio yet since they've taken over on the show. Let me let me go into some of my stuff, my views on them. The bottom score line doesn't bother me as much as it seems to bother other people. The extra gray line at the bottom I find weird because it just takes up screen space. I don't know why that's there. Um, it doesn't make sense to me to have just that extra little bit of just straight gray with no information in it. It's strange. But when I first started watching it and they have that ro- constantly rotating ticker to the side of the score, I thought, oh, no, that's going to be hard. And then once I started watching games, it just it just disappeared to the background. Uh, the other visual thing on the screen that I dislike, when you watch baseball game, or when you watch the Blue Jackets games up in the upper right-hand corner, they've got a it's the Blue Jackets logo, and then it's got the little B for Bally Sports. On baseball broadcasts, it's just this nice white B. And it's kind of transparent all around the B. And that would look much better. I don't know why it's different for a hockey broadcast than it is for a baseball broadcast. I would love to just have that little white B. Maybe it's because in the ice, it kind of disappears a little bit. But where it's at in the screen, it's almost never over the ice. It's over that part of the stands you can see when you're watching a hockey game. So that annoys me. Here's the other thing that annoys me. And maybe it's just because I, I, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Bally Sports and Fox Sports never put a ton of money into making sure they had the best things going on with the Fox Sports Ohio broadcast there or whatnot. But there's times where things just feel kind of amateurish. Things that are just common events in sports broadcasting today seem to be ignored. I did a a mini Twitter thread the other day um, during the little opening part. Oh, gosh, this was just so kind of cringy. They were talking about, oh, you know, with what's going on, this is an opportunity for younger players. And literally, so there's Jeff Rimmer and Jody Shelley talking, and underneath it, it just says, opportunity, a good chance for advancement or progress. They're putting definitions on the screen of words. It's like giving a bad speech when you're in high school. Webster's defines opportunity as, I mean, who's doing this? And then the other one. And this happens all the time on Valley Sports broadcasts. And it happened on Fox Sports before. So I, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if this maybe is a, a, an issue of being understaffed. I don't know what it is. But there was um, 
the goal the Jackets scored in the third period, uh, Line's goal last night, it was being reviewed to see if it was a high stick. So it was a high stick prior to the goal. And the review goes on for maybe 90 seconds or so. At no point in those 90 seconds did they actually show a replay of the play on the broadcast. Essentially, it showed video of the backs of the referees. You can't even see the iPad they're looking at because it covers it up. You can see their backs as they look at this iPad. And then I think it cut to the Chicago bench for a minute, for a few seconds, and it cuts back to the referees. We never saw a replay of it on the broadcast of the game. What is that? What? Who makes that decision? I, I, how are you set up to not be like, oh, something's being reviewed? What are they reviewing? Let's show the replay. Even if you don't have a great shot of it, you just kind of throw the replay up there. So instead of Jody and, and Rimmer having to tap dance, they can at least be like, oh, let's see if we can see it here. And then that's something you can visually look at because it's television. It's a visual medium. Oh, my goodness. It's just so weird. Who is making these decisions? Honestly, there are simple things that Bally Sports could do that it's not, and it's not even reinventing the wheel. It's taking things that other people have done successfully and just applying them to what you do. Bally Sports covers something like 19 or 20 NHL teams. Quite often, they will have multiple games going on at the same time. If you're Bally Sports, and they should do this for the NBA too. I don't know. Maybe they do it for the NBA. I don't really watch much NBA, especially on, on that. But if you're Bally Sports, how do you not have how do you not have some former, like two or three former NHL referees that you pay to sit in some central broadcast headquarters for you? And you do the same thing the NFL broadcasts do with their with their referees, where when there's a questionable call, you bring them in real quick. They look at it and go, well, what we're seeing here is this and this and this. And that's why it's called that way. Because I feel like those guys help me understand the game more when I'm watching a football game. Because I'm hearing a former referee who's done the job saying, well, what we see is this. Nobody does that in the NHL. The NHL does a terrible job both of showing what their referees, like their referees never explain it. Like in a football game, it is not uncommon for a referee because in the NFL, in the NHL, it's just, Boarding, two minutes. Or it was determined there was not a high stick on the play. Good goal. It was determined there was goalie interference. Bad, no goal. In the NFL, if they have something kind of strange and weird or they're reviewing something, both they have their their rules guy talking about it, and he'll say things like either, okay, this is what they should call, or no, this is what they should call. Or sometimes he'll go, this is a tough one. This could go either way. So they'll probably just go with what was on the field. But sometimes a referee in an NFL game, when they go back out, they'll be like, okay, so blah, 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 da, 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 da. So this means this first down. And then we would know because there's an explanation. But nowhere in the NHL, the refs don't explain anything and the broadcasts don't put the work into trying to help explain things. Simple ideas, guys. Things that other sports do, and it works. So just, just do it, Bally Sports. Just do it. You don't have to pay me. Just do it. Find three or four former NHL officials. Stick them in a bunker somewhere. And when you're doing games, if there's a weird call... Because that's the thing. If you've got five games going on at once, at any given point, you might get a weird call. The referee can just... The, the guy who you hire can just have a feed of each game up in front of him. And he can have a producer who goes, Hey... Ohio, you know, the Blue Jackets games, they're coming to you with a call on this. 
or you know, the Nashville game coming to you for a call on this, the Kings game, they're coming to you because of that. And he can sit there and go, okay, so what you're seeing is this, this is why they called it this way, or this is what the referee is seeing. Or when I was a referee, this is what I, this is this, these are the kind of things I saw. It's not hard guys. It's not hard. Anyway, guys, uh, if you're listening to this before the trade deadline, enjoy it. If you're listening to this after the trade deadline, Hopefully things went fun. We'll talk on Wednesday and uh, or I'll record next on Wednesday and we'll go from there. So thank you all very much for watching, listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, whatever you do. Um, if it's the if it's the podcast version of it, you know, rates, share, yell at me on Twitter at shoot at jackets debrief, and I will I will, you know, we'll interact, we'll have a good time. You can tell me how dumb you think I am, all that good stuff. Thank you all very much. Uh have a good one and go jackets. Please subscribe to the show, follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.